Well, I've often found that children say honest things that maybe we wouldn't say. Uh, Sometimes they kind of mirror our thoughts and put them into words. So here's a few things that kids have expressed in answering some questions like, how do you decide who to marry? Alan, age 10, he said, you got to find somebody who likes the same stuff. Like if you like sports, she should like sports like you do, and she should keep the chips and dips coming. (laughs) Yeah. Kristen, uh, Kristen, age 10, said, no person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all way before, and you get to find out later who you're stuck with. (laughs) It's kind of like that, isn't it, sweetheart? Well... How can a stranger tell if two people are married? Derek, age eight, says, you might have to guess based on whether they seem to be yelling at the same kids. Hmm. What do you think your mom and dad have in common? Lori, age eight, says, both don't want any more kids. (laughs) Okay. What do most people do on a date? Lynette, age 8, says dates are for having fun and people should use them to get to know each other. Even boys have something to say if you listen long enough. Martin, age 10, he says on the first date, they tell each other lies and that usually gets them interested enough to go for a second date. Wow. Is it better to be single or married? Anita, age 9, it's better for girls to be single but not for boys. Boys need someone to clean up after them. Wow, out of the mouths of babes, right? And the favorite is, how would you make a marriage work? Ricky, age 10. Tell your wife that she looks pretty, even if she looks like a truck. The kid's going to grow up and be a politician, right? And then I found the following. A mom was out walking with her four-year-old daughter, and the little girl picked something up off the ground and started to put it in her mouth, and the mom stopped her, took it out of her hand, and said, don't do that. And the the daughter said, well, why? And she says, because it's been on the ground. There's no telling where that's been. It's dirty. probably has germs. At this point, the little girl looks up at her mom and she says, mom, how do you know all this stuff? You're so smart. Mom thinking real quickly, you know, she says, well, all moms have to know this stuff. It's on the mom test. Walked along in silence for a few moments, and then the little girl looked up and she said, Oh, I get it. So if you pass the mom test, you get to be the mom, and if you fail, you, get, you have to be the dad. <laughs> so, dads, we're always in the hole trying to dig out, aren't we? Anyway, so I want to share with you tonight about raising children who serve the Lord. And I just want to say from the outset tonight, I'm not talking about uh, raising children who follow a bunch of rules and religious doctrine and dogma and, you know... No, I'm talking about children who love the Lord, who know the Lord. I'm talking about, see, when I say serve the Lord, I, I just want you to understand that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about children who, who really serve the Lord, okay? Not, not in name only, you know, but it truly serve the Lord. And I just want to say to you, this is the most important thing. 
This is the most important thing about raising your children. Uh, there's lots of important things, okay. You know, you want them to be safe. You want to, you know, get them to 18 and out of the, All that stuff's fine. But listen, this is the most important thing. I mean, we want things to go well for our kids. We want them to be happy. We want them to be successful. We want them to live the good life, right? And I just want to tell you the best way for all of that to happen and a whole lot more is if they truly serve the Lord. I mean, if you read the Bible, I'm telling you, you are blessed when you serve the Lord. And you're in trouble when you don't. And it doesn't matter how much education. You, see, you can have a whole boatload of education and be a fool. And you can be super successful and have a lot of money. And the, the people of this world might wow at you. And yet you can be miserable. But when you truly serve the Lord, you are in a place of great blessing. I just keep thinking of what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. He, see, I don't know how people ever got the idea that when you serve God, you don't got to do without this and do without that. Yeah, you got to do without heartache and trouble and bondage and all kinds of garbage in your life. Okay. I'm just saying, it's not like people depict it sometime. No, to serve the Lord is a place of great blessing. You know, I mentioned education at... Christian parents need to hear this because so many of them are focused on other things. 39% of parents think the most important thing is for their kids to get a good education. I think education is good. I went to school myself, believe it or not. I mean, you know... My wife and both of my kids graduated before I did, but no, that's not really true. It's, it's close, though. I barely beat them. But here's the point. Education is great, but it's so much better to know the Lord and serve the Lord. And we just need to get, we got to get our priorities right because, listen, you can think you're living the good life, and still go to hell. Our kids got to know the Lord. And when I say know the Lord, I don't mean like, you know, they prayed the prayer. No, I mean like they know the Lord. They're walking with the Lord. They pray, they serve God, they live for God. I'm talking about truly serving the Lord. That's what we want. That's our goal. That's, that's what our priority ought to be. We need to keep this straight because I'm telling you, it sets the tone for how we parent. It sets the tone for what we impress upon our children. George Barna, who conducts surveys and research, he found that the faith commitments of parents made surprisingly little difference in how children were raised. He said, you might expect that parents who are born-again Christians would take a different approach to raising their children than did parents who do, have not committed their life to Christ, but that was rarely the case. 
He goes on, he says, for instance, we found that the qualities born-again parents say an effective parent must possess, those outcomes they hope to facilitate in the lives of their children, and the media monitoring process in the household was indistinguishable from the approach taken by parents who were not born again. They raised their kids just like people who don't know the Lord, even though they're born-again Christians. How can we expect a different outcome if we do things the same? As a result of his research, Barna said, for years we've reported research findings that show that born-again adults think and behave very much like everyone else. It often seems that their faith makes very little difference in their life. This new study helps explain why that is. Believers do not train their children to think or act any differently. And when our kids are exposed to the same influences without much supervision and are generally not guided to interpret their circumstances and opportunities in the light of biblical principles... It's no wonder that they grow up to be just as involved in gambling, adultery, divorce, cohabitation, excessive drinking, and other unbiblical behaviors as everyone else. What we build into a child's life prior to the age of 13 represents the moral and spiritual foundation that defines them as individuals and directs their choices for the remainder of their life. Garbage in, garbage out. There's no magic that suddenly changes the young person from what they were trained to be in their formative years into the model Christian once they get older. Now, I will differ with him about one thing. I'm not going to call it magic, but I know that the Lord saved this boy and totally changed my life. And I know that God is in the life-changing business. But... We need to understand that if we train our children up, if we truly raise them to serve the Lord, oh, we spare them so much heartache, we spare them so much trouble. And we keep them from the pitfalls, from the schemes of Satan that he has set up for them. So... We got to do things differently. We need different priorities. We see we need to look to the scripture. And in the scripture, we just find a a different way of living. Amen. I mean, all through the scripture, you see a different way of living from what you see in this ungodly world. We're surrounded by a culture that, especially I think in America, you know, it has this flavor of religion. I always say America is very religious because if you just stop and talk to the average person on the street, I mean, 85 to 90% of them, especially here in the Bible Belt, probably more than that, they believe in God. They just don't really serve him. And so, yes, there's this element of of religion in our culture. It's just kind of woven through the fabric everywhere. And yet... It doesn't lead people to serve the Lord. When we serve the Lord, that means that He really is our Lord. 
that we have become the subjects of his kingdom, that we bow our knee to King Jesus. You see, the kingdom of God is, is like a counterculture to the kingdoms of this world. It's totally different. And we learn that the more that we read the scripture, the more we understand that his ways are not like the ways of this world. We're supposed to be different. And if we're going to raise children who serve the Lord, we can't do things the world's way. First and foremost, to raise children who serve the Lord, we have to serve the Lord. You know that old thing, do as I say, not as I do, that doesn't ever work. And I just... You know, we all want better for our children than what we had or have or where we are. You know, we want our children to do better. And by the grace of God, <laughs> you know, God's grace, sometimes that happens. But I'm, I'm just telling you, it's so important that we really live it out before our kids. If we want them to serve the Lord. They got to see it in us every day. You know, this is a law of nature. It's a, a law of nature that's spoken in the scripture in Genesis that everything reproduces after its own kind. And you see, you reproduce what you are, not what you say, what you are. And so it's so important. You know, I talk about this when we talk about leadership, but as a parent... And leading your children to serve the Lord, you got to understand how critical it is that you serve the Lord with a whole heart. If parents are carnal and worldly, it's just the natural thing that their children are going to be carnal and worldly. As children just learn so much by watching their parents, especially when they're little, it's amazing. But they need to see your love for the Lord. I mean, I just, when you talk about serving the Lord, I can't emphasize this enough that we're, we're talking about loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. They need to see how you love the Lord. You want to teach them to really love God. See, sometimes parents have approached raising their children to serve the Lord with this kind of a mentality. It's like, you're going to do it. You're going to do what I say. You're going to go to church and you're going to do this. You're not going to do that. And that's the way it's going to be. Listen, you need to teach your kids right and wrong. And you need to have authority in your home. I'm not undermining that in any way. But you need to teach them to love the Lord. That's the only way anybody ever, you know, really serves the Lord is when they love God. If they don't love God, they're not really going to serve Him very long and not very well. Well, so we need, you know, let me just, let me just say this. They need to see you pray. They need to see you being faithful to a regular time of worship. I don't care what pop theology of the day says. I don't care what the radio people say. 
I'm telling you, you need to be in church. If you want your kids to serve the Lord, then you teach them how important it is to go to church. I just can't believe what's going on in this generation where it's no longer important to go to church. doesn't matter. Oh, I don't need to go to church. That doesn't make me a Christian. Well, sitting home on your couch don't make you a Christian either. Now listen, you people that are watching online, y'all don't get offended at me. I'm just, I I realize you're there for some reason, but I'm just saying there's a whole lot of people that don't even think it's important to go to church anymore. Anybody talk to some of these people? I mean, they're everywhere. You, You live it out for your kid. You let them see that you are faithful to a regular time of worship. They need to see your obedience to the Lord. They need to see you involved in the Lord's work. Now, that being said, there's only ever been one perfect parent, Carmen. (laughs) No, that would have to be our Heavenly Father. He's the only one. The rest of us, and we're singing it tonight, He's perfect in all His ways. The rest of us, we're flawed, and we make mistakes. And I'm not excusing mine or anybody else's mistakes. But I am going to say this. When we're sincere, I tell you, God can work in your life and in your kid's life, even though you're not perfect, even though you make mistakes, he's that good. He's that big. And as I've said, I'm not saying, listen, See, if, if we don't care, I mean, if we're insincere, you're in trouble. But when we are sincere before the Lord and we know we've blown it, we know we've made mistakes, I tell you, God can help you and he can help your kids in spite of you. You know, I find this is something that actually children and especially in their younger years, it, it just, you know what, they're very forgiving and so is the Lord. But you got to be sincere. If you're insincere, if you're just playing games, and it's not going to work. We got to be sincere about raising our children to serve the Lord. And we got to be their example. You can't just hope that they'll find a good example somewhere else. You know, like, hey, get out of the house, go find you, maybe find somebody godly, because I'm not, get out of the house. I mean, no, you got to decide. I'm going to be their example. I'm going to do the best I can to set the right example for my kids. Amen. You know, we need to do our best to be able to say, like the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And I want to give you this from the NIV. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. See, you're not perfect, but you do the best you can to follow Jesus' example so your kids can follow your example. Because here's the truth, especially when they're little, I'm telling you now, as, you, as they age, if you don't have a close relationship with them and you haven't really been the example, I realize this is going to change. But you have the opportunity to say to them, follow me as I follow Christ. And as a parent... 
I'm just going to say it. It's insincere to say, oh, I want my kids to serve the Lord. I'm not, but I want my kids to serve the Lord. You don't want it very bad. Now, I know that's a lot to say, to lay out there for a parent. But we can't just hope that someone else will disciple our children. Without a godly example in the home, they'll end up learning how to do life, most likely, from what they see on the TV and the internet and from ungodly friends. And I know that's not what we want. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit, he writes to young Pastor Timothy and says, 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, we preach this verse of Scripture a lot of times to youth because he's... Paul is writing to this young pastor. Now, this isn't a teenage boy. This is a young pastor. And he's telling him, don't let anybody despise your youth. What's the, what's the solution? How do you keep them from despising your youth? You be an example in all of these areas. I want to tell you how you can keep your kids from despising you, making, you, making them go to church and blah, 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 and all that stuff you hear all the time. Here's how you keep your kids from despising you. Don't be a hypocrite. Amen. Live it before them. Be an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, be an example for your kids so they won't despise you telling them to be a Christian and serve the Lord. Because here's the thing. If you really love God and you really serve God with all your heart and your kids see that, they watch your conduct and they listen to your words and they see your faith, I want to tell you, you lead them. You're not driving them, making them. You're leading them. We can't just be taught. We got to walk the walk. It's truly living for God is more caught than taught. Now that's true even for adults. You see discipleship can be taught from the pulpit, but so much of it actually has to be caught in relationships. I mean, Jesus had 12 that he truly discipled. Now, he had lots of disciples, but there were 12 that were with him night and day, and those guys went out and turned the world upside down. But I just want to make the point to you that it has to be caught it can't be something you just talk. It's got to be something that you're really living out before your kids. But to raise children who serve the Lord, you got to serve the Lord. So how can we raise godly children in such an ungodly world? You know, we need to never forget this. Pray. Pray for them. Oh, there is power that is available the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I say we need to pray every day 
that the Lord will have his way in their life, that they will fulfill the plan and purpose of God, that all of Satan's schemes will fail. See, don't take these things for granted. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so we pray in faith, believing. Every day you pray for your kids. This is such a powerful weapon because God answers prayer. And I'll tell you, it just seems to be something special about the prayers of a parent. You know, there's so many times in the Gospels when a parent came to Jesus on behalf of their child and Jesus answered their plea. I mean, whether it was a sick child or a child that had died, he raised from the dead, or a child that was demon-possessed, Jesus heard those prayers, those pleas, and he still hears ours. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the Bible says. And so pray, yes, every day. Pray, pray, pray. You want your child to serve the Lord and live a godly life. Listen to this from John 17, 15. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Now, I want to say this clearly. You know, last week I talked about protective parenting and certainly we need to protect our children from the evils of this world, but we need to pray for them every day because... You know, there's going to come a day when you're not there to protect them from all of the evils of this world. And they need to be ready. And so you pray, and you pray that they make the right friends. You pray that they will know the Lord personally. You pray that they won't make foolish decisions. You pray that they'll marry the right person. You pray and you pray and you pray. Because we don't have to do this alone. You see, when we feel inadequate and we acknowledge that we are flawed and we make mistakes, guess what? We're praying to a God who's bigger than all of our mistakes and all of our flaws. So how can we raise godly children in such an ungodly world. The very next verse, John 17, verse 16, Jesus says, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. You need to know that even though your children live in a real world, an ungodly world, they are not of this world. And you need to get this mentality, this this attitude. You need to understand this. That just as Jesus was talking about his disciples living in an ungodly world, yet they're not of the world, your children don't have to be of the world. They can truly be different, set apart for God. And then he prays this in verse 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now this is just before Jesus is betrayed and he's going to be crucified. And so he's praying for them and he's saying to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. Clean them up. Make them holy. Keep them on the right track. 
How? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is the truth that can sanctify your children. It can clean them up. It can show them, listen, how to live godly in an ungodly world. It can show them how to serve the Lord, truly serve the Lord, when there's so much phony religion all around. How to truly serve the Lord. The Word of God will sanctify your children. And as long as you have the opportunity as a parent, you want to use the Word of God to clean them up, to teach them right and wrong. In the Word of God, they learn godly character. They learn to obey God. They learn how to overcome the world. Oh, there's so much in this book. In Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. I know that it is Jesus who sanctifies and cleanses his church with the word, but I got to tell you, I, I actually believe that Jesus uses people, right? I mean, the body of Christ is in this world. It's called the church, right? And as part of the church, I actually believe that in some way God uses me in that way in the washing of the water of the word to cleanse his people, to train, to teach, to help his people live a godly life and be who God wants them to be. I really do. I believe God uses me that way. You need to understand that as a parent, you have a place in your child's life to teach them the Word of God, to use the Word of God. to Listen, I'm not talking about beating your kid over the head with the Bible. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you use the Word of God to instruct your kid in righteousness, to show them plainly right and wrong. We're living in a crazy world that doesn't know the difference, but you can show it to them from the Scripture. My goodness. Male and female, he created them. You just, you just can't go very far in the word of God without it speaking to our generation and stuff that your kids are going through or will go through. You see, but it's the word of God that you use as a parent to raise a child who truly served the Lord. You got to teach them the scriptures every day. In everyday situations, it's amazing how often life just brings up things that need to be addressed. And we need to be prepared to speak to our kids from the scripture, from scriptural principle. Ephesians 6 1 through 4, we started with this passage. This passage has just kind of been a theme for this series, especially verse 4. But I want to touch on the first couple of verses, though. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Oh, how we want 
that for our kids. Two weeks ago, I talked about disciplining. We talked about teaching your children to obey and even honor. You see, if you don't teach your child to obey you, don't expect them to obey the Lord. This is one of the reasons it's so important. See, some, some parents are like, oh, no, you know, I'm just going to let, let it go, let it go, let it go. But here's what I know. There's going to be decisions that your kid makes where they disobey God and consequences are going to come. And it's not because God doesn't love them, but it's because there's consequences to foolish choices. You got to teach your child to obey. You got to teach them to obey so much that their natural response to the Lord is, Yes, Lord. Because I want to tell you, there's a whole, whole lot of believers. That is not their response to God. Well, if I feel like it, if it's convenient, if I get in the mood, you know. How do you get to that place where that's your natural response? I want to tell you the easy way to get to that place is if you're raised to obey. Mm. That it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, I read this from the NIV because I really wanted to get at that word that's admonition in King James, or New King James, rather. But in the NIV, it's instruction. It's just a word that we, more, we don't say admonition much, do we? But this is what it's talking about. It's talking about teaching. It's talking about instruction. You've got to train them and you've got to teach them. You have to instruct them. Now, some people are just natural-born teachers. But I want to tell you, every parent can instruct their child in the way of the Lord if, if they are going in the way of the Lord. You can't, you see, you can't teach something you don't know. <laughs> instruct them. You've got to make sure they get it. I'm going to say it one more time. When your child doesn't obey, you need to remember the most important thing about them obeying is learning to obey God. A lot of people just think it isn't that big a deal. When your child disobeys, I mean, talk to them about how King Saul disobeyed God and what happened. I don't know. Go read it. I mean, all these people getting these books on parenting written by Christians. You better start here because there's a whole lot of baloney going around. Absolutely amazing to me. The stuff that's being taught in the name of Jesus today. You better start with the Bible so you know what's what. What's right and what's wrong even when it comes to parenting. See, when your child gets wronged, teach them about forgiveness Teach them about that vengeance is the Lord's, that God will take care of it. When your child gets some money, teach them about tithing. 
Oh, it's so much easier to learn then. So when you start off making $100 a week, it's no big deal to throw 10 in. Well, what about when you're making 3000 a week? Well, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people think it's just opposite. They think, oh, if I made a lot of money, it'd be easy for me to tithe. No, it wouldn't. You teach your child when they get a buck, put 10 cents in the offering. I realize some of you are going to have to start tithing, but... Lord, you know I prayed. Oh, I'm so sincere, y'all. When something immoral comes up on a TV show or a movie, at the very least, it is an opportunity for you to teach. And sometimes the way you teach is you say, you know what, we're not watching that and turn it off. You just taught your kid something. Teach them every day. Pray with them. Say, you're teaching. You pray with them about that teacher that they're having a hard time with that doesn't like them at school. You're praying with them about that. You're teaching them how to handle those kinds of issues in life. It's just constant. You're teaching them how to handle life. They say, well, I'm not qualified. It's time for you to get serious about serving the Lord. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So you, cover, you want to cover every area of life. Don't abdicate your responsibility to, to somebody or something else. Because I'm telling you, a lot of kids are learning a whole lot of the wrong stuff. You need to be teaching biblical principles and how to use them. G. Campbell Morgan, famous British preacher. He had four sons. They all became pastors, influenced millions with his preaching and teaching and writing. One day when his young son, Howard, finished preaching, a reporter asked him, since you have five pastors in your family, who's the greatest preacher? Expecting the son to, of course, give the honor to his father. Howard surprised the reporter by saying... My mother. Mm-hmm. Mama been doing some preaching. It wasn't just that daddy was a big shot preacher that all those boys turned out to be pastors. Mama been doing some good preaching. Just want to say, you need to be teaching your kids every day what it is to serve the Lord. I can assure you that I might be the preacher But Carmen has been a bigger influence in the lives of our children serving the Lord. I mean, from the time they were little, I was out running around playing youth pastor. She was home training those kids, praying with them, reading the Bible to them. And all their life, they've watched her serve the Lord with a whole heart. And somehow or another, in spite of me. But I'm just saying, you moms and dads, you can make the difference in your kid's life. You might feel insecure about that. You might feel like, oh no, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. You are the parent. And God has picked you to do the job. 
Oh, here it is. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I think Jesus quoted that, didn't he? He said, this is the great command. And this is what it's really about. It's about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he says this, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. All the time, you're teaching them diligently to your kids. You're talking about it. I know I'm, I'm just coming after some of you, but it, I believe it's the Lord, the Holy Spirit, not just me, because I know some of you, you're going to have to decide you're serious about serving God. And if you do this right, it doesn't drive your kids away from God. What did he start with? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's what you're teaching your kids to do, to really love God. If you're not teaching them to love God, well, you're missing the main thing. But when you really love God, what did Jesus say? You know, the one that loves me because he obeys my word. If, they're not, if we're not obeying his word, we don't really love him. And neither do our kids. So we teach them. We teach them to love the Lord. We teach them to serve the Lord. And how do we do that? you got to teach them diligently to your children. Diligently, diligently, diligently. It's just relentless. You just are faithful to teach your kids. And I'm telling you, the best way to do this is to take everyday situation and circumstance that arise in your life, in your family, in our country, and in the life of your kid and teach them about it. And don't teach them, well, you know, I just think blah, blah, blah. No, teach them biblical principles. If you don't know, go search the Scripture. You know, if you need an answer about a particular thing, you pray and you search the Scripture. You let God help you find what's right. But I'm just telling you, you need to teach it diligently to your children. You want the best for your children? Then you got to obey the word of the Lord. And this is what it says. Teach them diligently to your children. Every day looking for teaching moments. And share, share with them what you've learned in your devotional time. Better yet, have a devotional time with them. That's really not that hard. If, you know, you get you a daily devotional and you, you read the scripture at the top and then you read the thoughts that are there and you just kind of talk about how, what it means to you and maybe how they can apply that in their life. But one way or another, you know, you just need to be talking to your kids every day about the Lord. This is such a big part of raising your children to serve the Lord. It's to instruct them in the things of the Lord. On the way home from church, you ask them what they learned at church. Talk about it. And don't let them say, I don't know. 
They learn something, believe me. Our children's ministry does a fantastic job. They're not playing games in there. Our children's workers, and just you start from Matt, the, the children's pastor, all the way down, they actually believe it's real ministry, that they're making a difference in kids' lives. And, you, you know, talk to your kid about that. Talk to them about what you got at church that day and what the word of the Lord spoke to you. And I know it sounds self-serving, but I'm just telling you this is honest. If you, if you want to talk bad about the preacher or about somebody else at church, you might as well just tell your kid, hey, when you're 18, get out of church. One of the dumbest things you can do is start trashing the church and talking bad about people or telling them about how you've been wronged. Teach them to praise the Lord. Teach them to be thankful. Teach them to tell the truth. Teach them to love their enemies. Teach them to never be prideful, but always be humble before the Lord. Oh, there's such a need for that. I want to tell you, the pride, the, the proud are headed for destruction. But God shows grace to the humble. I could just keep going like this all night, you see. Teach them this, teach them this, teach them this. But tonight I'm just going to wrap it up with this. I want to ask you to make a commitment to the Lord. And this is for every parent, but it's also for every grandparent. It's for everybody that's anybody, I'm just telling you. This is a good commitment. It's, I just felt like it was, I just, I, the Lord just gave me this to wrap this up tonight. And it's Joshua 24, 15. Joshua made this declaration. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I've made up my mind, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me... I'm going to serve the Lord. And you know what? He made it for his whole house. He said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray.